0: Blog
1: Talk Radio. It's a gridiron stud show, and a promo, that's got the flow, football knowledge from toe to toe, with Amo, Talamino, and the other host, you already know, Chad Wilson, brings you the show, dial us up, give us a call, we're waiting here. Talk some ball, 347-633-9365 is the number to call, so don't sit around, no time to stall, giving you football from wall to wall, and now we give you our two hosts, Emil and Chad with your breakfast toast. Hey, how do we do this thing? It's been a while. But we're here. It's uh, 2016. Actually, eight days into it. It's our first show of the year, 2016. Chad Wilson, Amo Calamino here with you for the next hour to talk some uh, college and pro football here. By the way, Amo, Happy New Year, as I must say to Happy you. Happy New Year. How's
0: your year been going so far?
1: Uh, so far, so good. A little up and down. I prefer that the year start off a little slow. In years past, when I start off gangbusters, I kind of uh, limp to the finish line. So I don't mind if I uh, start this thing off slow and pick up steam as I go and have energy going through the tape on December 31st, 2016. But let's just deal with January right now and what we have on the If you said terrible, I was
0: really going to be worried. I mean, there's not even enough year around to be terrible yet. Well, I
1: can't start off terrible. Uh, I mean, if you went really hard on New Year's Eve, um, you might have woken up with perhaps the mother of all hangovers. And that's not ever really the greatest way to start off 2016. But fortunately, since I don't drink, that was not the case. I did have uh, to spend basically uh, two days in the hospital with uh, Quincy as he had hernia surgery. Not ACL, folks. As uh, some people thought, uh, it was hernia surgery, so uh, spent the entire day, Tuesday, in the hospital. You know how much fun that is. But nevertheless, folks, surgery was fine. He'll be okay. Uh, thanks for your concerns, all those who reached out. He's he's fine. Me, not so much. I'm a head case.
0: Yeah, you, he's fine. You, you're the one who had the tough time.
1: Yeah, there you go. I should have probably, you know, hit a couple of rooms. While I was there in that hospital all day and had my head examined,
0: because you know, I'm, I'm excited idiot. to go over later on in the show when we go over our picks because I got one of the funniest stories. If some if people didn't see it, if they saw it, then they'll they'll be laughing with me of of one of these games I picked over uh, the last weekend. So I've got to You're relay gonna, this because uh, I happened I to see it. I was watching it in and November, I
1: remember. And let me search here what I picked in the Bulls, but I do know. Um, that I probably went through the worst bull season that I've ever had. I believe.
0: I don't think I won. You know, I, and I'm not just saying this. Uh, you are usually, and this is this is truth, people. This guy, I know him a long time. He owns the Bulls. I mean, this year, I mean, I was I was going over your picks, and I'm thinking to myself, you must be depressed because I I remember your Bulls were always. I mean, God. You used to tear the Bulls apart. I don't know what happened this year. Yeah, well, the
1: Bulls tore me apart. You know, I'll just accept it as the, you know, the gambling gods are, had a really, really great regular season. So they had to come get me at some
0: point. Um, So they got me in the Bulls. So we'll – Well, Well, they also tore apart ESPN from what I understand because – it was not a good rating season for college football bowl games. And, you know, I think part of it obviously had to do with some timing on those championship games. And the other part was, honestly, if you go through the major, the better games on paper in the bowl season turned out to be duds.
1: Yeah, I don't – is there an individual breakdown of the of the ratings on that? I'd be interested in seeing – because, you know what, I know this day, it was the games – that going into folks really wouldn't be all that interested in ended up being the better games. You know, it was those early games. You're sitting there wondering why are they even playing this? Why are one or both of these teams in bowl games? And nevertheless, when you tuned in, you ended up getting a pretty exciting drama-filled game. And then the others that you were excited about on paper didn't end up turning out that way. And one of them was the only bowl game that I saw in person, and that was the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl that involved Florida and Michigan. And, you know, what fans got treated to there was a Florida team that just was not interested in banging with Michigan in this contest. And, you know, as much as I could pull out from that, and I know you tried to watch some of it, it was a very difficult game for someone not directly interested in the outcome to watch in its entirety. But what I gathered from that was you had a number of guys in Florida thinking about their future beyond Florida. And you had the Michigan Wolverines who maybe didn't have as many of those type guys coming in playing physical football and nothing will make you ponder what you're doing out on the field more than a fullback slamming into the line of scrimmage, hunting you down or a tight end being very physical and an offense or just the team in general being very physical, which is what Michigan is. And, you know, it seemed like a number of Florida guys, it's especially the ones you count on um didn't want anything to do with that and it just quickly, you know, spread throughout the uh, squad and you ended up with a very lopsided Buffalo Wild Wings bowl involving two first-year coaches. So Well, that's,
0: what makes, you know, uh, that's what makes non-championship, you know, that's what makes non-championship bowl football games football. so difficult to pick anymore. I mean, y- you know besides just go, you know gauging style of play and you know scheme and ability you also have to try to figure out and that's the case in most football games but especially in these bowl games motivation and it's hard i mean you know you really unless you're you're dialed in to a team and you know you're reading articles that you know that was, sometimes you get some subtext if you're reading a beat reporter uh, in the coverage going up to the the bowl game but other than that i mean you're kind of shooting blind on a lot of these because you I just think don't that know has
1: what everything to do, though, Amo, with picking the bowl games. Uh, until you get to the college football playoff games, I think the college football playoff games really do come down to scheme, coaching, and all these real on-the-field football things because you know you know what these players are playing for, a chance to win a national championship. But when you start straying outside of that, I think it all boils down to the mental aspect of it what does someone have to play for and so on and so forth. And I didn't do really that great of a job engaging those things. I think I stayed a little bit too much on the actual what would happen on the field. And that has very little to do with it. What Florida experienced, I'm believing, in their bowl game, I think is a lot of what I experienced personally when we went to the Sugar Bowl and faced Alabama in 1993. Just thought we had a lot of guys that were uh, up for pro, uh, heading to heading to the next level of National Football League and kind of put that before what was laying in front of them. As crazy as that is, because we're playing for the national championship. But uh, Alabama was physical, a la uh, Michigan, and you know guys just started really pondering their future either before the game, at the beginning of the game, or somewhere in the middle of the game, and it just well, it doesn't ha- even
0: matter when the game starts, as you know, preparation is is, is eighty to ninety percent of everything in life and if you're not if you're not focused dialed into the preparation it doesn't really matter you know they may kick the ball off and you may be into it at that point but if you're not prepared the chances are unless there's a huge talent gap you're going to get beat
1: yeah difficult to to you know have your to, to prepare when you're also thinking about what you're doing next and that doesn't just go for the players you see that a lot with the coaches you know if you've got if you've got a coach that's Thinking about the next job, uh, very difficult for him to get his entire team ready. So you've got a number of these things that uh, take place during the bowls, and you better if you're going to be picking these things, you know, yeah, you better you better have your finger on the pulse of those issues going into it. So we can go through. Well, it. one of the
0: better bowl games to watch actually ended up with my team, and the truth of it is one of the reasons I almost made in that game, but I just couldn't do it because I knew the talent gap was enough. That, that that maybe USC could overcome it. But I was reading articles going up to that USC-Wisconsin game, and basically Helton had, this is nowhere to lie, you're allowed 15 bowl practices. He had seven, and he said he knew he was only having seven. It wasn't like, oh, I lost track of things. He said, you know, my team is beat up. It was a long season. You could read the subtext. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had seven bowl practices. They ranged in time from one hour to one hour and 45 minutes. Now, that told me right then and there, he did not make a focus of of this bowl game. I'm not saying he said, let's go out and lose, but he was more concerned with health moving forward. And when they went out there the first quarter, lo and behold, they looked like a team sleepwalking. Now, eventually, they woke up and played a little bit and, and got a lead in that game. But I almost made Wisconsin a pick just because of what I read. And frankly, that's a, that's a case of being a fan where, it didn't serve me well because while I didn't take USC, I didn't take Wisconsin. And if I was objective and just having read that, I would have taken Wisconsin.
1: Yeah. um, I think if I didn't have the personal interest in the Florida-Michigan game, I might have made Michigan a pick just off of, you know, experience of what I know to be true uh, about games like that. I probably would have went that route with it. Nevertheless, uh, you know, the bowls are what they are. We can talk about the the bowl games and our picks in them in the next segment. But we've got some coaching news out there. Everyone made a big deal out of, and me included, when I first saw it, Lovey Smith being fired in Tampa Bay. I thought, man, this is what is up with this organization? This is completely senseless. And to a certain degree, I'm not entirely off of that. But as you kind of read more into the things, you, you understand why, The move was made in this suddenness, this haste, and you know maybe makes it a little more palatable, but still, it's Tampa Bay. It's a Tampa Bay kind
0: of move, and probably doesn't make it more palatable for me. I don't like the move. What's that? I don't like the move. I don't. I don't think it's a great move.
1: Uh, Sure, and that will you know determine itself. Lovey didn't exactly do himself any favors with his with his record, but this is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. How much were you to expect right away with this franchise? And you know, unfortunately for Lovey, he he loses the job because of someone he hired, which was the offensive coordinator Dirk Cutter. On uh, reading this story that appears on Deadspin, they shed a little more light on it. What was going on with the Buccaneers brass was they were looking uh, at an offensive coordinator that had gained some traction inside the building. People felt was a, a bright head coaching candidate. And you had some openings in the NFL for which he seemed to be a prize candidate for. And rather than lose this guy in their organization, they felt they needed to promote him. And when you're the offensive coordinator, promoting uh, your offensive coordinator means he needs to be the head coach. So I think that just um, accelerated things for Lovie Smith. And so far as him being fired over the phone, uh, according to this report, it's They called him to set up a meeting in which he would be fired, and Lovey kind of read the tea leaves, and so the the call that was to set up the meeting uh, didn't go very well, and it just ended up being, well, you know what, Lovey, you you know, you're fired, you know, since we can't get to a meeting here, and things was quickly sliding down uh, a slippery slope here over the phone. I guess we just need to not waste anyone's time, and you're being let go, so that's how that went. Feel how you feel
0: about it. Well, I, you know, I, I I suspect, I suspect what hurt him obviously was the finish. I mean, the Buccaneers, you know, they they got off to a good start, you know, from, from where they were last year, and then they went down the stretch and lost five out of six. So, so that didn't help them any any there. Mm-hmm. No, you know, I mean, I think,
1: certainly didn't. you know,
0: I mean, you no. could say, well, they, were, they won two games the year before and they were a disaster before he got there and then they won six. So you're seeing improvement. But I think what happened is obviously at some point, you know, that what were they sitting at five and three or five and four mm-hmm. and, and, and five and five, something like that. And then they go one and five. So, so I, you mean, I think that he got,
1: he got swallowed by his own,
0: uh, his own success early on. Well, yeah, and I'm going to caution, though, you know, you're talking Dirk Cutter. I mean, he's been around the game a while, you know, not just the NFL, college. I mean, I know that they feel he's got some bond with Winston and all that great stuff, but, I mean, the guy won 60% of his games at Boise State and Arizona State. You know, 60% in the NFL is great. That means you're 10-6 and 6 every year in college. That's not so good.
1: Uh, true, true. So, I, you know, uh... They're saying that he's a, a very good candidate for the job, and you know, if you can see me here, this is radio. I've got my quote fingers up. Very good candidate for the job. So they're playing that game. I don't know what the rule is. I guess they've got to uh, go through the Rooney rule. Uh, they've got to interview people before they decide on a guy. But the no, they already is- did.
0: They already they already honored the Rooney rule. They fired a black guy.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> I knew that was coming. But- <laughs> I mean, as, long, as, long, as long as somehow
0: they involved. Yeah, what's on that?
1: We fire
0: a black guy. <laughs> I, don't know. I mean, not yeah, so know. Maybe the Rooney rule okay. means now he has, they have to interview two black people. I mean, what the hell? Lovey yeah. just gets canned. You know, here's what I don't understand. Here's a guy that basically has a better record. Uh, I, well, I shouldn't say this. I didn't look it up. But I'm pretty sure if I look it up, he's probably got a better coaching rec- record than Jason Garrett. Okay? Probably. He gets,
1: he gets fired all
0: the time. Okay and Garrett can't get fired.
1: You know why Garrett can't get
0: fired, job, man? Why? Cuz he's tell me.
1: He's not a strong personality. You don't need that in Dallas. He's going to do what he is told. You understand? So, you know, uh he's a figurehead in a different sense in which the people who really want to run that team can run it. They just don't have to look like they're the ones running it. Well, yeah, here's I mean, Lovey's record because on... I
0: love the internet. We don't have to use the Dewey Decimal System anymore like we did when we were kids. Uh, Lovey's all-time coaching record, regular season, 89 and 87. Now I caution you, when he was with the real organization, the Bears, he was 81 and 63, won 56% of his games, and then he had 8 and 24 the last two years with the Bucks, and I give him a pass there because I think Vince Lombardi would go 8 and 24 with the Bucks. So. Mm. He's 89 and 87, and he's 3-3 three and three in the playoffs, okay? Jason Garrett, okay, is <laughs> 45 and 43, and he's made the playoffs once in five years. With uh,
1: America's team, by the way. So,
0: hey, yeah.
1: say what you want about that. These guys, I mean, they're owners. They're going to hire who they want to hire, and, you know, oftentimes it's not going to be the the liking or approval of the fan base. It's pretty much we're gonna hire who we're gonna hire and uh you guys just find a way to get yourself to the stadium. I mean because if you're a hardcore fan, you're gonna be there anyway. So that's just the deal. Tough of Lovey Smith. Do you think Lovey Smith will find another job in the NFL?
0: Well definitely as a defensive coordinator at the very least, yes.
1: Well head coach we're talking here.
0: Me I mean Maybe with a year removed, if he if he takes a coordinator job, I, I I don't know. I just can't see them shuffling the deck again. I think a lot of these franchises that I see in, in in play here, there's so many options available right now, and and you know I think a lot of them are going to want to get somebody, you know maybe some fresh blood. I I don't know, you know.
1: Hey, Ray Rhodes I, is still looking for a job,
0: still looking for another head. Coach. Ray Rhodes is still looking, and you know there's never a better quote than Denny Green, which is. Well, don't you remember? We let him off
1: the damn hook. Yeah. Well, there you go. So uh, that's kind of how it is. It's a rough, it's a rough game for black head coaches. It's why we have stuff like the Rooney rule, but in a league uh, where the owners are all white and the uh, commissioner is white and those who really pull the trigger uh, on, on, on the things that matter in this league are all white. It's going to be tough. I mean, and who's to say that if it was flipped around the other way, if, White head coaches would be predominant and get a quote-unquote fair shake. That's just how the way the world works. All right, we need to take our first quick break here. When we get back, we're going to talk college football. We're going to talk about the week that was in bowl games or the bowl season that just passed us. And we'll talk about our picks and more when we return on the Gridiron Stud show. You stay with us. We'll be right back. this paperwork. Are you a business owner and you're buried under a mountain of paperwork? You need an MVP on your team and that MVP is MVP Business Concierge Services. They know that sometimes paperwork can get in between you and your customers. Why not spend the time doing what it is you do best? Getting new customers, handling the ones that you have now and while you're doing that you can have an MVP working for you. We know that tax season is the busiest time of the year for business owners. No more missing deadlines and getting IRS penalties for late filing. MVP Business Concierge Services will do all the hard work for you. They will streamline your payroll, streamline your finances, and have you on track. With trustworthy advisors that are very reliable, they will take the hard work away from you and get you back into what it is you're doing best. How do you get this MVP on your team? You call right now, 844-696-8722, 844 my or send an email to info at mymvp.cc and get an MVP on your team today.
0: Yes, it's Friday. Don't don't man, make me go through the week pause, again, there. please. You're not, really not allowed to change pause the week.
1: There, my friend. <laughs> How's your 2016 so far? How's mine? Yeah, yours. You. Why, you what's wrong with mine? With me. You might need another cup of coffee.
0: Why? You asked me how you asked me what well, I answered your question. Why? What's wrong?
1: Oh, man, you're concussed here this morning. I want to ask you this. You think if uh you know, your lovely wife Denise ever left you, or if Carmen ever left me, like, John Gruden would be the next guy that they'd be with? Because the guy's up for everything that opens.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah, No no doubt about it. They they'd had right to Gruden, be, and if the rumor would be that, you know, Gruden was sleeping with our wife. Yeah. I mean, I that mean, would be the rumor.
1: Everything that opens around here, and uh, you know, every coaching job that comes open, John Gruden is rooming for it. So he's Rumor to uh, be interested in the Eagles coaching job. I Listen, it really looks to me, Emil, like John Gruden is very happy and having fun doing what he's doing right now. And I don't know how many years he is removed. It's got to be at least five, right? Could be even more um, that he's been removed. Is it a decade yet?
0: Could be that he's been removed. Well, You know, it's funny that every coach – I'm reading, you know, the seven teams, right? I think there's seven teams looking for a coach right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm reading some of the comments by fans, you know, on social media, Facebook, friends I know. For instance, the Giants job. Okay, First of all, Gruden is rumored to be very interested in the Eagles job, by the way. Very interested. Right. Yeah, sure, of course. And Bill Cowher, they all want the the Giants to to take him. And I said to these guys the other day, I said, do you realize – that these guys haven't coached in a decade? I mean, I don't think people realize. The game
1: game has changed a little bit, you think, over the last 10 years, right?
0: Well, yeah. If I said to you, hey, Chad, you know what? This guy retired because of concussions when he was 30. He was a really good quarterback. Uh, Uh, He's 40 now. (laughs) Would you want him? I mean, come no, on, man. That's, no, no, to be to be honest and fear, there's a physical aspect to the game that would you know you would. I understand. It. I be, I am being facetious, but what I'm trying to say is the guy's been sitting in a studio for ten years talking about football, similar to what we do, only making more money. Okay. Yeah. And now you just want to give him a whistle, a clipboard, and tell him go run a program.
1: Exactly. And 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 you're going to expect immediate success when that happens. That whole being a studio analyst type thing, I think that has its advantages when it lasts two at the max three years. But once you go beyond that, I think you, now you're, you've are put yourself as, at a disadvantage if you're a coach planning on returning to the sidelines. Well, and you're, so, you're yeah. in
0: a different lifestyle. I mean, you know, those guys could talk about, oh, I do a lot of prep work to get ready for these games. I'm sure they do, but it's but different it, than – The prep work a a coach does, the time spent, and the grind, grind. and the way your body feels. I mean, they're living the life right now. These guys are making big money to do what they love to do: talk about football and watch film, and they're doing it on their time, their their time schedule.
1: Speaking of the grind, uh, I think that is what the last week of the college football bowl season was. From uh, as you stated in the opening segment, the the ratings were not what the uh, bowl people may have wanted. It's something you probably could have predicted, though, because of the way the days felt uh, fell in this uh, 2015 bowl season. And by that, I mean New Year's Eve happened to fall on, you know, the wrong night, basically. So you couldn't you,
0: – obviously you couldn't have the college football wow, they're doing on. it What's again next Sunday? year. They don't care, these guys. I don't understand – the way they think. They, they've already said that I, I guess the championship games are next year. They're going to be on on New Year's Eve. Time out. So they're going to do this again? From what I understand, unless my eyes are deceiving me, they're going to play the games again. on. New First of all, I don't get the whole, why do I want to play the semifinal games, which are championship caliber games, before the other bowl games? Shouldn't we build to a crescendo, or whatever word you want to use? I mean, shouldn't we be playing the games that aren't championship games before we get to the games that, that decide the whole thing? So, what is it? What would be your proposal on on how this could be rearranged? Okay, my, mine would be simple. Let's forget this whole nonsense of you know, and, and you know, the Rose Bowl and all this crap, you know. New Year's, New Year's Eve. If you want to play games on New Year's Eve, let's play the big games that aren't championship games that year on New Year's Eve. In other words, the Rose Bowl. We'll play that on New Year's Eve, okay? But New Year's Day should be these two champion, these two semifinal games, and that's it. Put one of them on at whatever, one thirty in the afternoon, 2 o'clock. It'll take four hours of broadcast time. And put the second one on at night, you're done. No flipping channels when they have three games on at the same time in the noon and 1 o'clock hour. was three games on New Year's Day that started between noon and 1 o'clock. Okay? I can't watch three games at once. I don't know about you, but I have a hard time doing that.
1: Hey, I sure used to have a good time – Trying to do it back in the day when we didn't have all this other stuff going on, that'd be me just lined up there on New Year's Day. I had a whole ritual
0: and I'd just try and watch every game that was available. Me too, but I'm saying if you really want to get your best ratings, why not play those two games on New Year's Day? I mean, everybody's home. You know, a lot of people have p- people stop in to greet them to New Year. You know, some foods out, some drink, sit around and watch the two big games on New Year's Day. Why New Year's Eve? When a lot of people in that demographic of under forty, let's say, uh, and even people over forty, they like to go out and have a good time. They don't. The games were on at four o'clock and eight o'clock. I mean, you couldn't I mean, pick worse times. <laughs>
1: what if New Year's Day? What if New Year's Day falls on a Sunday.
0: What do you do then? Well, I mean that's that's the call. I mean, you know, I mean, I guess I guess you'd have to move, you know, New Year's days on a Sunday, which happens occasionally. I, I'm trying to remember what they do. I think the NFL tries to usually schedule around not playing on a New Year's Day Sunday, if I'm remembering. I think usually the NFL will move their schedule back a week a lot of years. Because I don't ever remember NFL games on a New Year's Day Sunday. Uh,
1: I can't say that I recall that either. I just always remember there being bowl games on New Year's Day and don't ever recall there being an NFL conflict with that. So I'm not even sure how the NFL lines that up, I suppose. Um, I don't think... Man, we really got to research that because there's no just open Sundays in the NFL once the season starts.
0: Well, no, but what they do, like this year, the NFL started September 13th. Okay? okay. So hypothetically so, if they, they if the they, Year's day they, was going to fall on a well, Sunday this Sunday, year, they could have started the NFL September 6th. 6. I mean, th- I mean, they started the NFL unusually late this year if you if you think about it. When sure. we were kids we were, the NFL would start the first week of September. Yeah, but
1: one way or another, Emil, you got once you start the NFL
0: season, you got games every week. Correct. Correct. So but the season would have been over this year. Like the last NFL game this year was what um January 3rd was Sunday. If they had started the season on September 6th, the last game would have been the week after, you know, the Sunday after Christmas. So they, what I'm saying is they have leeway to miss a New Year's Day Sunday.
1: I don't even understand how that would happen. When are your when would be your open Sunday? You have games every Sunday. From no, no, the time no but follow you start. Me.
0: this year. Okay, this year the, the first game, let's hypothetically say that New Year's Day was Sunday this year instead of uh, instead of Friday. Sure. This year they started the season September thirteenth. The last game of the season was January third. Let's pretend that was a Sunday, January first. Mm-hmm. All they would have needed to do was move the season start up a week from September thirteenth to the sixth. The last Sunday would have been the Sunday before New Year's. Okay, and then the
1: next week you would have had to play playoff games. Well, you could adjust that by just playing on Saturday. I don't recall there being a, a situation where you played all your NFL playoff games in a round
0: uh, on a Saturday. They always Hey, Dammit, you Saturdays. gave me this job, and you asked me to fix this thing, and now you're, now you're throwing these monkey wrenches at me? I, I resign. <laughs>
1: that is what I am. I'm here to throw wrenches at you. I monkey. resign. I quit. I quit research from us. We're going to have to pull out the old almanac. So go dust one off and let's figure this out. But if you're going back now to the college football thing, because we need we need to figure this out for these guys. They didn't really do a great job with this. So you're saying play all these other bowl games. And remember now that they rotate the big bowls in, in and out of the college football playoff schemata. So the Rose Bowl was not in it. And, you know, I'm kind of thinking like the Rose Bowl. You know, for me, the Rose Bowl was like a big deal when I was growing up. It's kind of losing some of that. Um, maybe I'm getting older or just all this other stuff has gotten in the way. But So play all these other non-playoff game, bowl games, and then you slide the two uh, semifinal games in. Is that what you're
0: suggesting? Well, let me so ask you me... something. Let, you what? watch two games the day before on, uh, on New Year's Eve. You watch the two semifinals. Doesn't, doesn't... – I mean, maybe that's I mean, just me. Don't the New Year's Day games seem anticlimactic at that point? Uh,
1: I suppose. I didn't, you know, me personally, I, w- I wasn't able to see any of them other than the one that I watched. So, you know, I watched that game. Well, good. You didn't miss anything. And then I was in transit, so I listened to some on the radio, but I didn't actually get a chance to sit out and see. See anything other than the end of the Mississippi Oklahoma State game, which had zero drama, so I didn't really pay much attention. By the way,
0: this is what I do for you here. Well, as we're talking, the the semifinals next year, okay? The two semifinal bowls they're using are the Fiesta Bowl and the Chick Fil A's Bowl, whatever the hell the Chick Fil A's Bowl. <laughs> I don't know that they that they're in the rotation. Okay, so next December 31st are those two semifinals again. So I lie, I do not lie to you. They don't care. They're playing them on Saturday or Sunday, whatever day that is, December 31st, 2016.
1: Do you, Amol, want to see the Rose Bowl on New Year's Eve?
0: But at this point, I don't give a damn because the Rose Bowl that I knew and you knew is not the same. I mean, they try to keep it as close as possible in non-championship years, but I don't care. Play it whenever the hell you're going to play it. Do we not
1: now look like grumpy old men because uh, we, may have been, <laughs> we may have been calling for a college football playoff. We get a college football playoff, and here we are tearing it
0: down. Is that I'm not grumpy about it. I'm happy they have a playoff. All I'm trying to say is – you played the games on a day where, where, where a large chunk of the country parties and goes out, and then you're surprised when the ratings stink. I mean, you can't be surprised when the ratings stink.
1: Yeah, I just don't know what your solution is. I could see Rose Bowl people, uh, Rose Bowl purists, and perhaps the Sugar Bowl purists saying, listen, we're going to agree to this whole rotation thing that you guys want to do, but let me tell you right now, we are not at all going to agree to move the granddaddy of them all to New Year's Eve, um, rather than play it when we've always played it for the last 400 years, which is on New Year's Day. I could see that being. No, that that
0: that's the issue. By the way, you you just nailed it on the head. The Rose Bowl is the linchpin to all of this. It's the it's still the biggest bowl game. It's still the most watched game, from what I understand. They've basically said that you know we'll you know we'll be in the rotation. But we're playing New Year's Day, and I mean, I mean that's my understanding of this. You're, you actually you hit the nail on the head. Good job. So,
1: Emil, could we not have done something like
0: this? The
1: what was it? Friday was New Year's Day. You do the bowls. You do these other bowls. Uh, we're talking out. And what did we have this year on New Year's Day? It was Outback. It was Citrus Fiesta, Sugar, and Rose. Could we have not just put those games on New Year's Day like they were, which was Friday, and just on Monday have the semifinal games and give them give give the winners the two winners a week? Because we're playing this final on Monday anyway. Just give them a week and we play the final on Monday. Would that have been so hard?
0: No. There you go. Damn it. That's a great idea. Let me give you some margins of victory for those beautiful New Year's Day games. Thirty nine, thirty four, twenty nine. 28, and then we had the tight one, 16. Listen, I don't know if the folks out there understand Vegas talk. They're, in Vegas, when a person is a square, that refers to the betting public. You know, they mm-hmm. say that most of us are squares. You know, we go in, and, we, and squares like to do two things, and this is a fact. They like to bet favorites, and they like to bet overs. Mm-hmm. So there was 10 bets you could have made on New Year's Day if that's all you're betting. You know, you're not betting who who wins the toss and all that, okay? You could bet the, the game, the side and the total, If you just went in and bet the favorites and over, you won nine of the ten games on New Year's Day. The only thing you lost was that the Ole Miss-Oklahoma State game stayed under whatever it was, 70-some points. That's
1: it. So, what do you attribute this to, though? I mean, because on paper, Emil, these are good matchups. Okay, They play the games on New Year's Day like they always have. They didn't change the names. It's still Sugar, Rose, Fiesta, Citrus, Outback. What do you attribute these lopsided games to?
0: Well, maybe this was just an outlier. We, let, let's let's allow for the fact that it could have just been one of those years where it was an outlier and, you know, they just had some matchups where between talent and motivation it didn't work out. But, you know, I think a, a large chunk of it to some degree was that you, you had some, some games that look great on paper, but... As soon as you saw them play, forget motivation, you could see the talent gap. I'll give you an example. I watched that Rose Bowl. Iowa was there because of the game they gave Michigan State. Now everyone assumed that, that, you know, wow, they really took Michigan State to the mat. Well, you know, the night before we realized that while Michigan State's a good football team, the, the talent gap between them and Alabama was clear, and I really believe this at the end of the day that the the team from the Big 10 that was most, you know, the roster that was 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 best to compete in this championship was Ohio State, okay? Mm. Um, they had, well, they never, you know, you, sure. well, they lost one game by three points and they lost the game to Michigan State in a game they never trailed. Michigan State's only lead was when they kicked the winning field goal. All I'm saying is we based that, a lot of this stuff on conference play. So we say Iowa, wow, they took Michigan State to the mat. If You didn't get to see any of that Rose Bowl, did you? No,
1: unfortunately. They
0: literally, and I'm not saying this to be funny, they looked like they were playing in mud and Stanford was playing on AstroTurf. The first half of that game, it was 35 nothing. I think if Stanford wanted to be motivated and continue to pile it on, they honestly could have hit 60 or 70 points.
1: Uh, it sure seems that way, now, now, didn't it? So, uh, you know, listen, Iowa was a good team all season long. They don't have much margin for error. Uh, not a not a ton of great athletes, I'd say. When Iowa was able to play team football, not uh, make m- very many mistakes, then they could hang in there with just about anyone. But that wasn't the case for
0: them in this one. No, and then they take Northwestern. Okay, now here's Northwestern. They beat Stanford the first game of the year. Okay, first of all, I'm not saying that doesn't count. It's the first game of the year. They're home. They beat Northwest. They beat Stanford. So mm-hmm. everybody assumes, based on that, that again, Northwestern is. Is this ten and two team on paper? But when you saw them play Tennessee, you know by the end of the season, you know obviously everybody's a different team. Again, it looked like another team that was playing in mud. Mm-hmm. What, do so, make, what, do you, what do you make? What do you make,
1: Of uh, everyone was telling us all year long, this is a down year for the SEC, and all they do is go out and set a record regardless of what happens in this final game between Clemson and Alabama, they go out and set a record for bowl game wins in a bowl season by either going eight and three or nine and two, depending on uh, what you've already set the record by winning eight. And the record surpasses the previous one also held by the SEC from the 2013, 14 bowl season. How much do you put into that? I don't put the entire stock. I don't even know that I put more than half into uh, the success of a season for a conference in the bowl games, but what do you say about the SEC winning eight bowl games already with one remaining?
0: Here's what I say: first of all, for, forget the bowls. I mean, you know, that only confirmed what I already knew. And again, we've just we're, we're kind of contradicting ourselves. We're saying a lot of the bowls are based on motivation, so therefore, it's why well, we I don't cut into that. Right, right. What I say is, I already knew the SEC was the best conference. I know every year it's the best conference because of what I see with my eyes when I watch the games, and because every every May or June or April, depending on when they do it, the NFL confirms it for me when they back up a U-Haul and take all the players from the SEC. Okay, so I know that. Number two, I watch these games, and I'm just going by the eye test. I'm not going by necessarily results. I know pretty clearly in my mind the Pac-12 is the second best conference. Mm-hmm. And that gets confirmed for me every April and May because they back up a trailer there and start taking sure. players. Sure. Sure. I, and then I, after that, I think, I think there's a little bit of a rotation. I'm pretty certain from what I've seen, in, you know, both during the season and watching them against other teams that the ACC of those five conferences right now, in my mind, is probably the worst. Okay. Um, Mm -hmm. Florida state saves it because they have a ton of NFL players and Miami does in that respect have a ton of NFL players with their program being down a little bit, you know, but those two teams save it a little bit, but overall, you know, Clemson's coming on now, but you look at the bottom of the ACC, man, it's, it's horrible. I mean, it's it's not, we
1: talked about this in one of our previous shows leading, you know, during the bowl season, it's the, the uh, the way they started off this thing was ugly. It didn't get that much better, but it didn't stay as ugly as it was. But at the end of the day, you're right, it was not at all a good showing for the ACC in this bowl season. But I'm going to stick to what uh, I'm, you know, I'm saying here is that I don't put everything on. No, no, I'm saying,
0: I'm, again, I'm using my, this is my opinion, obviously. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. I'm using the eye test and what I see happen with the NFL. I will say this, I think the Big Ten fans are kidding themselves a little bit. The only team in that conference, honestly, and, and it's the other team we'll, I'll talk about, that has the the athletes to compete with the SEC, and frankly the, the Pac-12 on a week-in, week-out basis, is Ohio State because they recruit those type of players. Mm-hmm. Um, they have that kind of roster. I think Michigan will get there with Harba uh, Michigan State is just a grind-it-out, tough team. I mean, they're just one of those teams that are a pain in the ass they I don't think they necessarily throughout their roster get the best players. Sure, do they have really good players that are studs that go to the NFL? Absolutely. But I think throughout their roster Michigan State lacks compared to those other two conferences. And I think Iowa showed you all you need to know. I mean uh, That being said of- though about
1: Michigan State, um uh, they get a ton out of what they do land there yes. in terms of athletes.
0: Oh, I'm not complaining about what their effort is. I mean, they've been a really good program now for five, six years, and they've been up there. I'm not at all criticizing. I'm saying, on pure talent. I think the only two teams in that conference that get the kind of players in the SEC and, for that matter, the Pac-12 have is is Ohio State and Michigan. I think they consistently get them. I think you'll have outlier years where maybe – uh, Michigan State has a loaded roster, but I don't think it's throughout the roster. I mean, you'll see some really good players at Michigan State that go in the top half of the NFL draft, but I just don't think they have the depth that these other teams do. Um, I, and like I said, you look at the top of the conference. Iowa was 12 and 0. They lost the championship game. They look silly against Stanford, and I don't even I I don't think you can blame motivation in the Rose Bowl. I think everybody's motivated when they get to the Rose Bowl. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's it's the Rose Bowl, even though in my mind it's losing a little bit of its luster. It still is the Rose Bowl. So I'm looking forward, though, to the battles. That, and it's starting to look like that's what it, this conference is going to come down to. Sorry, Michigan State fans. But it really looks like it's going to come down to Ohio State and Michigan butting heads every year. And now it sucks even more that they're both on the same side of this conference we do need to get in and talk about our records in these bowl game picks before we move on to previewing the nfl this weekend which i'm really looking forward to uh not looking forward to recapping these bowls but we must i think we need to start amel i believe on the
0: 30th no why don't we just do this why don't we keep it simple because we won't we won't we won't elaborate why don't we start just we'll, we'll each run down i have them in front of us I do have
1: mine too, as well. So our I-
0: picks for the bowl season, we can recap it all because people aren't going to remember.
1: Okay, uh, you're going to have to take me up to up to the 30th.
0: Okay, I'll start with Chad. Chad came in. We we talk about a phenomenal regular season, and man, did you have one? You were 26 and 16 in the regular season. Doesn't get better than that. Um, you started off your bowl season. You took an Arkansas State team we both liked. They lost, so you, you took an L there. You came back, your second pick. You had Toledo uh, getting two and a half points. You got a win there. So All right, put Toledo. You at one. Yeah, holy Toledo, right? And then you yeah. came back with your, your actually your best pick of the bull season. You really saw that one come, and you called it on the show. Georgia Southern with that goofy option offense, man. They they ran up the score. They scored in the 50s. You got a win there. They were getting seven points. They they won outright. Then you took Southern Miss plus nine. Which was a loss, so that put you at two and two. You mm-hmm. took the Air Force Academy plus seven. That was a loss mm-hmm. against Cal, put you at two and three. You took Texas A&M. I think they played Louisville. Uh, they were getting three and a half. That was a loss, put you at two and four. And then you had Michigan State, like like I agreed with you. And I can't argue there against Alabama. They were getting ten. We both thought they play tougher than they did. Uh, sure. So that puts you at two and five, and you can take over from there because the, the, these were the three games on New Year's Day that you took.
1: Okay, uh, the New Year's Day games. I went with Northwestern. That was a horrendous, tragic forty-five to six loss. Went with Iowa. That was uh, also a loss, and then Penn State against. Georgia, that was a loss. So I ended the bowl season two and eight. You know that's magical. I should be fired like Levy Smith.
0: Yeah, we we'll let you keep your job. Your final record for college before we make our pick on Monday for the championship game was 28 and 24. Still a winning season. I mean, the truth of it is, if you, if, you, if you do the math with even with the 10%, you were ahead. You weren't. You weren't a loser. So good job.
1: Oh, but I feel like one. But nevertheless, uh, didn't really do as I said a good job gauging the uh, mental aspect of these things, because things are a little quirky now. We talked about when the games fell, talking about, you know, you've got college football playoff games now, so uh, I need to make an adjustment on that next year, my friend. Well, there's year.
0: some things I'm going to incorporate that you just mentioned into next year's analysis, and not, not that anybody cares because we're a year away from that. But uh, I, I'm really going to start looking at you know amount of NFL prospects a team has uh, you, you know, and just just some things besides the normal stuff does the game matter to them? I'm going to start really try to incorporate. You know, is the coach looking for a job? How many you know NFL prospects are in what, what positions do they play? Are they thinking ahead? Because I think you really have to start looking at that in these games because because of the nature of it anymore.
1: Sure, definitely something to think about. All right, recap your bowl season.
0: I think you had okay. Great. I came in. I came in twenty-three and nineteen, which wasn't a bad regular season at all. Uh, I started off my bowl season taking Appalachian State, getting seven and a half. Took an L there. Uh, then I came back with Akron, getting seven and a half. They won outright, so that was a win for me. Then I had Cincinnati in that game that they uh, got caught up in the grass skirts against San Diego State, plus yep. one and a half. That was a loss. Then I went against you in that Southern Miss game. I took Washington minus nine. I just felt they had a little bit too much talent. and At the end, they ground out a win for me. It was tight, but but they won, so that put me at two and two. Then I had Nebraska against uh, UCLA. I just felt that UCLA would not be into that game, and they pretty much weren't. And Nebraska was. That was an outright win, so I was three and two. Uh, Then I took North Carolina minus three. Uh, That didn't go so well, three and three. (laughs) Then I had LSU minus the seven. Uh, and and they they ground out a win there, although albeit uh, you know, at first I was a little worried, but I remember the Fournette took over in that one, so that was that ended up being a lot, pretty easy at the end. Sure. So that Four was TDs, a win for me. Five
1: TDs, I think he had in the game. Sure.
0: Yeah, he did okay for me there. Then I had Mississippi State, which was probably. Uh, my favorite game of the bowl season. I told you that. I you were texting me during that game early when the, when the score was seven points only. It was twenty one fourteen. NC State was catching up. What did I write back to you? They're going to hit fifty. Did I not? And you and they did. Oh, they hit fifty. Yeah. So that was an easy one. I was five and three. Then, like you, I really did feel Michigan State would would use that 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 ability to just hang in there, be physical, grind it out. To hang with Alabama, and man, was I wrong! I mean, what a disaster! They could, they they just couldn't move the ball. I mean, yeah, they not get any separation on
1: that one, and I'm sure the saddest faces were on the ones of the Ohio State Buckeyes who uh, allowed this to happen.
0: They did. I, I actually feel, it, as a fan, a little bit gypped, even though I'm not a big Ohio State fan myself. I, I mean, just haven't been going back to the Woody Hayes day, uh, days. But I mean, honestly, I feel gypped because I think Ohio State would have made that whole playoff. A hell of a lot more interesting sure but so anyway i was five and four and then i got fooled like a lot of people and again this was my fault uh, i'm sorry for giving this pick out i took oklahoma minus four a couple things after the fact annoy me i, I kind of know the last decade of oklahoma's track record in these games especially with stoops secondly i i a cardinal sin here i gave points to an undefeated football team. And if you think Clemson, and you could tell by what they said after the game. Wait, but
1: time out now. Remember some of your logic on that was Vegas knows something. And that's that's that can happen to you. You start saying, well, this team's undefeated. Why is Vegas giving them points? And you start that whole mind mess-up thing going Yeah, on. I think
0: I played a little bit too much. I think I did a little too much mental masturbation. There's a new term for you um, so, with that whole game. Because – yeah after the game you could tell Clemson knew the line in that game and they were just like we were an underdog we were undefeated and that I always worry about that and I usually do try to think about that kind of stuff you know kids and coaches they understand they're not betting on the games but they understand that Vegas thinks that they're not better than Oklahoma and you could see that it just seemed like Clemson had a little bit extra juice because of that and you know second half of that game they really put it to Oklahoma so that was a bad pick i finished the bowl season 5 and 5 i feel like big big meat your larry hoover compared to you um but 5 and 5 is nothing to write home about and my final record amazingly this is kind of amazing
1: mm-hmm. you and
0: i ended up exactly with the same record so that this championship game monday could determine who wins college football for us or we might we might pick the same team who knows
1: yeah, who 28 24 we should be surprised of us ending up with the same record on this. Um, that should have never have happened with the kind of lead that I had. But I took a total dump on myself in the bull season. So we'll uh, wait till Monday to analyze that final game and uh, give you who we think uh, going to be a winner. I don't know if you're going to want to listen to me, but if you go by the numbers, and I'm due, I'm due, I'm due for a win here. Going two and eight, uh, only winning two of my last ten. We got to take a quick break. When we get back, it's NFL playoff time. We will talk about the games coming up this weekend. I think we got some good matchups, some interesting things. We'll do that right after a quick break, right after this. Are you a property owner or want to be one, but you don't have time for property management? Then get an MVP on your team. Who has time for the letting process, for arranging inventories and organizing pre-tenancy cleaning, dealing with deposit negotiations, and negotiating with service suppliers and maintenance? no one's got time for that, MVP does though, get this MVP on your team. You can rely on MVP property management to offer you an extreme amount of quality and professional services for your money. And because they know that everyone is different, they pride themselves in providing a professionalized service to each and every one of their clients. So how do you get this MVP on your team? It's simple, pick up the phone and call right now, 844 844- Six nine six eight seven two two. That's eight four four my MVP CC or send an email to info at my MVP dot CC. Get this MVP on your team and start winning today. 8.52 8.52 here. and We're back for the final segment of the Gridiron Studs show. Chad Wilson, Emil Calamino. We're going to talk some NFL now. Quickly, Emil, uh let's talk about the picks last week, what we went through there. Uh, I'll go first, and I know you've got a story you want to tell us about. Uh, regarding your picks, but real quick, uh, I, what's my record in the National Football League heading into this last weekend? What was
0: it? Heading into the last week, uh, you were 18-27, and 27 and uh, we, had, we, we had a couple pushes. So 18-27 with a couple pushes.
1: Just sounds absolutely disgusting to hear, but nevertheless, I did pull out a winning weekend. I just said, uh, there are going to be some spoilers out here, and I ran with that. The Buffalo Bills, how about it? Rex Ryan. Uh, destroying the hopes of his former team so uh, once again and I don't know how many years this is running Rex Ryan keeps the New York Jets out of the playoffs how about that for Rex Uh, yeah yes he does an opponent now (laughs) and a couple of years as the coach of the uh, New York Jets so 22-17 the Bills beat the New York Jets upset the New York Jets and keep them out of the playoffs did you get to see any
0: of that game by the way
1: I watched some of it. You know, I was a red zone guy on Sunday, so I yeah.
0: Took well, let me tell red. you something. The the one thing that that's obvious to me, and if I'm Todd Bowles, if that team wants to make any type of real progress and get anywhere, they've got to figure out quarterback. Fitz is a, is, is definitely a good backup. I mean, he's a guy that if you need a guy. Matter of fact, like the Cowboys would have loved to have had him this year. He's a guy for for if you need a guy for four weeks, five weeks, you can go three and two with him, but his deficiencies were exposed in that game on the road. I mean, he just made some horrendous throws in that game. Horrendous. Yeah, I don't
1: understand this, Emil. They've made the rules more passer-friendly, but more and more it seems like they're not enough good quarterbacks to go around. But that's something better left for, you know.
0: Yeah, that's a different discussion. Tough. We'll discuss that on a draft show. That would be a good yeah. topic. I
1: ran with the Buccaneers saying the day two would upset
0: the Panthers. Didn't like the way the
1: Panthers looked after the Atlanta Falcons game. Kudos to them. The Falcons go into the playoffs. I mean, the uh, Panthers go into the playoffs with a 38 10 win. Get Lovey Smith packed up and canned. I think if this was like a 17 13 game, maybe they wouldn't have been so quick to pull the trigger and fire Lovey. But 38 10, they crush him. Panthers back on track. Uh, that's a good sign for them going into the playoffs, even though they are sure by week. Uh, so I took a loss with that rolling with Tampa Bay, but got a win, uh, an amazing one if you're a Miami Dolphins fan, and probably pissed if you're a Dolphins fan because maybe cost them a, you know, a couple slots here in this draft. But the Dolphins pull off the upset against the New England Patriots. Deep down inside, if you're a Dolphins fan, you're happy anytime your team can go out and beat the hated New England Patriots, which is exactly. What they did, getting a twenty to ten win at home for the hometown faithful in the final game for the two thousand and fifteen Miami Dolphins, and probably for um, interim coach Dan Campbell. So I get I go two and one this weekend to improve my record to twenty wins and twenty eight losses with the two pushes.
0: Yeah, you know, in that Dolphin game, they just knocked the stuffing out of uh, Tom Brady. I mean, they did. just they got out pretty good. Yeah, they did. Let's let's go through my picks. I'll save my story for the end because every person who's out there that that picks games can relate to this, but not the way I not the way I got done. Okay, um, let's start off with my win on Sunday Night Football. I just really didn't like what I was seeing from the Packers the week before. Not so much in the results area, but more so in just the uh, different things. You know, the, the the defense, the fact they couldn't protect Rodgers, the fact that they they went into Minnesota and won the first game. I think. I looked at this line, and I said to myself, Minnesota is getting three, three-and-a-half points. The Packers did them 30-13 to 13 up in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. You would think in in a championship game in Lambeau, that would, that would give you a six- or seven-point line, just mm-hmm. based on the results of the first time. Yet, it's sitting at three, three-and-a-half. I kind of felt that was a case of Vegas was leading you to the fact that they didn't like what they were seeing from the Packers. So, I went out on a limb. I said, you know, I really like the Vikings in this game. I like the way they play football. I think it matches up well with the Packers. And they they really controlled this game. Now, at the end, they tried to give it away a little bit. Probably got a little bit closer than it should have been. But they won outright by seven. I think the final margin of victory was we were getting three and a half. That was a win. The second game is, is a learning lesson. And this is something we all have to remind ourselves for when we're picking games. Don't put too much stock sometimes into the results of the prior week. You've got to take a step back and maybe look at more of a larger sample size. And here's why I say this. I went with the Cardinals. And I'm not down on the Cardinals because of this game. They beat Seattle the first time they played them in Seattle. Really good Sunday night game, 39-32, entertaining. Um, they beat the stuffing out of the Packers the week before. Seattle, on the other hand, lost uh, a 23-17 game to the Rams. Sometimes a team, and the Rams might be this team for Seattle, They just match up well with you. They're your kryptonite. The Rams aren't a great football team, but the things they do well seem to give Seattle problems, and that's especially they get after the quarterback. And if Seattle has a weakness, it's their offensive line. Mm -hmm. If I took a big picture view, though, in their last six games, Seattle had destroyed five teams. They just played a team that they don't match up well with, and they were getting seven points in this game. You you had to know coming off that loss, and I should have thought about this. A championship caliber team is not going to want to roll into the playoffs, getting the hell beat out of them by Arizona. And I really should have not put as much stock in what I saw the week before.
1: Oh, it's I all there now. After you know the
0: fact. Well, I'm every- just trying to you know we, we, you know and in, in doctors do this. It's called mortality and morbidity reviews. When you when a case goes south on you, you sit around a table and you figure out what you did wrong. And it's for the listeners and myself. I'm kind of just being dumping here. I'm saying, look, this is one of those things where, looking back, I should have re- taken a, a harder look at that kind of stuff. I took a loss with Arizona. Now, now we got that out of the way. The last pick of the the, 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 the my, my sequence here is the cherry on the cake. I take the Kansas City Chiefs minus seven. Now, why do I take the Chiefs minus seven? Going into the game, they needed a win. Uh, they could have won their division had Denver lost. They played poorly the week before, but escaped with a win at home against Cleveland. I kind of felt like, listen, they've won nine in a row. They're not going to want to go into the playoffs with with a bad taste in their mouth of a loss or even a a tough ball game. Well, sure Mm -hmm. enough, Kansas City dominates the game, but as Kansas City can only do, their offense sneaks up on the goal line slowly. So it's 23-10. There's 10 minutes left in the game. The Chiefs get the ball. They go on a six-minute drive. They're all the way down to the Raiders' 22-yard line, fourth down. They're bringing in the kicker. Hey. So now I want to watch Kansas the Denver-Kansas
1: City
0: game. Hey, Listen, I'm watching the, I want to watch the Denver-Kansas City game. It's 20-20, to and I'm interested in that. So I say to myself, make the field goal, 26-10, even if the Raiders score and go for two, final score, 26-18. I can't lose. Guy comes in. Ball goes through the uprights. Good. Announcer goes 26-10 Chiefs. I immediately hit the button, go over to Denver, San Diego. A minute goes by, and I see the score scroll across the bottom 23-10 Kansas City. So I think that yeah, must be a delay. But being the CPA in me, I have to verify. So I go back. Well, I guess this play was so egregious, even a minute later, they're still showing it. Apparently, there was a five-yard penalty for illegal procedure. So they bring the kicker back out for a 44-yard field goal. Yeah. This little little Mexican-looking guy, you know, he's five foot six. 5'6", sh- he was 31 to 38 for the year, so it's not like he never kicked before. Mm-hmm. They snap the ball, little Mexican kicker runs up to the ball, he looks at it like it's a landmine, and he just stops. You'd swear to God, he was driving down a road in Iraq, and they told him it was a landmine. He just stops. The holder turns around and looks at him, now the holder's probably a punter, He's scared as hell because these big men are coming at him. He turns around and flips the ball to the little kicker, who then takes the ball and throws a an complete pass. Okay, of course. They they show the guys on the sidelines. Forget Andy Reid. The special teams coach is probably a guy around somewhere in our age our age bracket. He had this look on his face, like a guy that was betting on the game. His eyeballs were popping out of his head, and all you see is something to the effect of, what the hell was that? <laughs> yeah,
1: man, uh, it's a tough way to lose. they are bad beats all season long. That one right there happened to you. So where are we at record-wise?
0: Uh, I ended up 1-2. and two. My record, believe it or not, is almost the same as yours. 20 wins, 29 losses, one extra loss, and two pushes. You have one less game picked than me this year because we made a commissioner's decision early in the year. You picked a game on a Friday with the Saints, and I remember... The line completely flipped like seven points because, like Monday, they announced Drew Brees wasn't playing, and I said to myself, "Well, any person that that had the Saints on Friday that wasn't smart enough to go and basically cancel the bet by taking the other side, they deserve to you know they deserve to lose." But you didn't because you picked it without knowing that. So, yeah,
1: all right. So look at that, we're running neck and neck here. So this is going to be important. What we do here coming up. It is the uh, NFL Wild Card weekend, as they call it, so we need to make some picks here, and I go first in the National Football League, so here's what I'm going to do. You just talked about the Kansas City Chiefs and their style of football and how you weren't really too much of a fan of it because it kind of set up the disaster that uh, happened there with your pick, so I'm going to make you happy with this one. I'm going to roll with the Houston Texans, Emil. Uh These two teams played each other earlier in the season, as you may remember, and There's just something about Kansas City that says to me, this was a great closing out to the season, but they might just really be running a little bit out of steam here. That's just the feeling that I'm getting in my gut about the Kansas City Chiefs. And for all that winning that they did, they still ended up in second place in their division, which means they're on the road in this first game. And you know what? Houston has also finished pretty well uh, to end this season. And you know what I've noticed here? Yeah, they played a couple of cupcakes because that's really a whole lot of what's in their division, but they forced 10 turnovers in their last three football games, and that has to account for something. I think they come into this thing with a full head of steam, a ton of confidence. They've won by some 20-something points in their last two ball games. In that first game this season, which was also in Houston, Kansas City won at 27-20, but it was a, a really, really close ball game and I think in a in a rematch with a Houston team that now has a little bit more confidence, let me say a lot more confidence than they did in, in that first matchup, I think Houston gets the win here. I'm gonna take the home underdog in this one. Houston's getting three points, so I'm gonna roll with that. All right, the Houston Texans.
0: Yeah, rolling with that, man. That
1: number's kind of low. I think the odds makers are going to sucker a lot of people into taking Kansas City with that line. Pittsburgh and Cincinnati is your next game. I have a pick on this one, and I'm going to roll with the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, many will remember, if you follow me on Twitter, sending out the caution signal to Bengal fans. When these two teams got together, I want to say it was three weeks ago in what was a playoff atmosphere, and the Bengals just failed to show up in that game. And this was prior to Andy Dalton's injury. Even when he was in the game, they just did not look like they were ready for this playoff-type football game. And the Steelers worked. Now, despite all that went on pregame where they got face-to-face and it was probably, you know, there was looked like they were headlong into a pregame fight, didn't happen. But when it came time to fight on the field, the Bengals couldn't show up. Uh, I think the Bengals may have learned something from that. And now the Steelers are not going to be the beneficiaries of what happened in that, last game, I think, in the rematch of these two teams. And what have I always said? It's tough to beat a team twice. Well, this is the third game. What do they call this in baseball? The rubber match? The rubber match. The rubber match. I'm going to roll with the whole team. The Cincinnati Bengals have been the better team throughout most of the year. I think uh, they get their revenge here in this contest in that matchup. Uh, Andy Dalton was thrown in there, so there really wasn't any ability for them to come back in the contest. The Bengals, who are a good rushing team, only rushed for 64 yards in that game. I think they correct that. And they send the Steelers home uh, for the 2015 season. Pittsburgh season comes to an end in this one. I'm going to take another home dog with the Cincinnati, the Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati Bengals. All right. And then moving over to Sunday, the Seahawks, who you just talked about traveling on the road to face the Minnesota Vikings, these two, these two teams also matched up earlier in the year was we've seen to have a whole lot of that going on in this first week. Uh, I think the experience is going to win out for the Seahawks, and a lack of it here for the Minnesota Vikings is going to cause them some issues. Seattle has showed in this second half of the season when they want to turn it on, they can do that. Seattle doing a lot with a little on offense, but I think they put all those things together. I think the defense shows up, and uh, Minnesota maybe a little giddy about going to Lambeau and getting the win that they wanted um, comes up. Short in this contest, Seattle dominated the line of scrimmage in this first meeting, rushing for 173 yards. Perhaps they don't do that again, but anything close to that um, will get them a win in this contest, and I think that's what happened. So I like Seattle laying a five-and-a-half
0: on the road in
1: this one. So those are
0: my three picks. Houston? It's only five. Don't do don't rip yourself. It's only five. Okay.
1: <laughs> only five. Hey, Thank last you. point. I'll are welcome. That. Yes. Okay. Uh, this is going to be a boring How?
0: segment, but what, uh, what can I tell you? Uh, you know, I agree with you. First game, I love the Houston Texans in this game, not because I'm bitter last week. Here's, here's what people are forgetting with Houston: as much as Kansas City's won ten games in a row, here's one for you. You're a defensive guy. Mm-hmm. Houston's last nine ball games, six of them they've allowed six points or less. Mm-hmm. Now, in today's NFL, that's pretty impressive. Houston play some defense. And they happen to have the the biggest impact player on the field, in my, my opinion, in Watt. I just think that at home you're giving them points. I really like O'Brien as a coach. I told you that last year. I've been on this guy's train quite a bit. I don't feel I don't feel there's any real huge advantage at quarterback even though Houston doesn't have a great one. I'm not you know, check down Alex Smith doesn't do it for me. I just sure. think that Houston will lock down Kansas City in this game and I and I, I really feel that the home field is everything. You're getting three points with a home underdog in a playoff game. I'm gonna take I'm gonna roll with the Texans. I'm with you on that. I think they I think they easily I mean matter of fact it wouldn't surprise me if somehow Kansas City lays an egg and loses this game by ten points. Yeah, it could very well happen. It is the playoffs. I got no opinion on that Steelers-Bengal game other than if I was siding with somebody. This is not a pick, but I would probably agree with your assessment. I think that the Bengals learned something. And by the way, I've always felt A.J. McCarran is a smart kid and was a really good, effective quarterback at Alabama. And as he's getting to play more, I'm not so sure that you know losing Dalton in this situation is that big of a deal. We've seen Andy Dalton over the years. He can have games where he throws for 400 yards. He can also have those games where he throws five picks. So yeah. as far as I'm concerned, I think the more conservative game plan for Cincinnati might might do them well in this game if their defense shows up like I think it will. So I kind of agree with you there, but I'm not going to pick it. I'm going to roll to Sunday. On uh, Sunday, I'm totally with you on Seattle. I hate laying points on the road in the playoffs, but in this particular game, I just see Bridgewater having a really tough time Dealing with what Seattle's going to bring, they've been to the playoffs. They understand that there's a different level that kicks in. Um, I think you'll see the Seahawks flying all over the place, and I think you may see a lot of a very confused Teddy Bridgewater on Sunday. Um, you know, I like the Seahawks to win this game, something like I don't know, twenty-seven thirteen or something like that. But yeah, I, 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 I can I'm see a, something
1: like that. Maybe even lower on yeah. Minnesota's end, but sure.
0: Yeah, I'm going to roll with the, with something like that, but I I, I think they get the five. Finally, the last game here, and sticking with I don't want to put too much stock into what I just saw, um, the the NFC stinks this year, okay, between the Giants and Eagles just not being very well-constructed football teams. And once the Cowboys lost Romo, that was a disaster. We, we've, we've talked about that at length on the show. I mean, the Redskins were just the best of the worst. What mm-hmm. I saw on Sunday in Washington, and this has been a, in Dallas, a little bit of the, what I could stomach Kellen Moore threw for 400 yards in that game. Okay, <laughs> I mean, and that's not a, that's not that's not an outlier. The Redskins' defense has not been good. I think a lot of people are going to look at this game and look at the Packers and say, you know what? Arizona and Minnesota, to a degree, took them apart. I'm, I'm they're going to roll Washington, not me. Okay, the best player on the field is still Aaron Rodgers, and I got him, and he gets the ball of replay it that the Packers snap it. I'm going to take Green Bay in this spot. I think their playoff experience uh, is going to help them. I think McCarthy, knowing how to coach in these situations, helps them. And frankly, you know, I just think that Rodgers can have some success that he hasn't had the last couple weeks against that Redskins defense. So uh, you know, I'd like to hear your thoughts on the game since you didn't pick it, but I'm going to roll with the Packers minus one. So that's my three, the Texans, the Seahawks, and the Packers.
1: Uh, the line concerns me, to be honest with you. And I don't want to, you know, as you <laughs> stated, uh, and you brought up the term, might be the term of the day here. I don't want to do too much mental masturbation here, but the Packers is a minus one favorite. It uh, sounds like they might hook some people in this one. The Redskins have been hot, Emil. Now, given everything that you said about that NFC East is true, yes, Kellen Moore did go out there and look like he was Playing against one of those lowly low end Mountain West football teams and threw four hundred yards, which should scare the bejesus out of everyone. But these skins have been hot down here down the road. They can run the football, and it's not like the Packers have looked good. And this is not how the Packers are normally feel going into the playoffs. So I'm a little afraid, man. I might actually lean a little bit in the direction of the Of the Redskins, man, but when I say lean, that's like 51-49% because the Packers could just say, hey, you know what? We got ourselves through this ugly regular season in which we only won half of our last, you know, six games. Here's a chance for us to come out renewed, and they can go out here and and beat the Redskins off the side of the Washington's helmet. So uh, that's why I didn't pick the game. Well, you
0: know, I mean, listen, all the things you say factored into what I thought, you know, but I think the one, you know, at first I said that does seem like a hook but I think the one is is actually appropriate and will not hook as many as you think because here's what most people are going to remember they're going to look and see the game on paper the Packers are 10 and 6 the Redskins are 9 and 7 so first of all you don't have a huge record discrepancy which will a lot of people just see 12 and 4 9 and 7 they pick the 12 and 4 team secondly most people remember the Packers getting throttled by Arizona and really throttled by the Vikings. So, you know, I, I actually, if, if anything, I'll be honest, I actually thought the Redskins would be a one-point favorite in this game. I really did. Mm. Well Just based on the last couple of weeks. There you have it. That's
1: our picks. Read them in week. Hopefully I can kind of continue some kind of winning ways. I think I've had back-to-back we Yeah, you've week. been pretty good the last couple of weeks. You're on the comeback trail.
0: Trying to get back to the Mendoza
1: line before this season runs out on us. But nevertheless, that's it. It's uh, the end of the first show for 2016. We know 2016 is going to be a uh, big year for us here on the Great Iron Stead Show, expecting really, really great things uh, on the show. And we're going to kick it off with some winning, right, Emil? We're going to do some winning. That's right. To- and
0: on Monday, Monday, we're going to break down that championship game. Well, I think we'll probably do a whole segment on that championship game Monday.
1: Yes, we will uh, con- totally and completely break that thing down from every, every angle. Um and see exactly who we think is going to come out on top. But, nevertheless, we thank you for tuning in with us here on a Friday. We want you to enjoy your weekend. For Amo Calamino, I'm Chad Wilson. Thanks for listening to the Green Island Stud Show. Enjoy your weekend. We'll see you guys on Monday. <laughs>